Oh, by the way, Malachi, do you know what your name says now? Oh, yeah, I'm all of us. Yes, uh, that way that you're not the only one credited with the podcast. <laughs> I, I want to do valid. what I want to do is I want to do our branding. Uh, oh, this is going. This is staying in the pre-show, by the way. Oh, okay, I, that's fine. I lied. I don't have my podcasting machete because I didn't ask my mom where it is. Uh, we'll get it later. Yeah, but what was I saying? What about a fi- a podcasting uh, f- fire poker? Oh, I can get that. That's in the living room, but I don't want to go out there because I can't mute this. But yeah, I, I want to do our all of our branding. So it was going to say Ronnie Alley, Jeffrey Patrone, Ma- Good Guy Malachi, but that. There's not enough space. I also submitted us to iTunes. Hey. Uh, yeah, although if you put the RSS link in your iTunes, it works. Oh, hey, we're doing this right when my video announcing the podcast went live. So that's cool. What yeah, are we doing? We might even... <laughs> I just Boys. got the notification. <laughs> and what is that? Another notification. Yep, I got that one too. <laughs> we did it. We, we simul. We simul. We simultaneously released our videos. I'm letting Jazzy in because she wants to be a podcast doc. Wait, so, wait, why are we here? Uh, this is the, the, before the movie, we, we, before the movie. Before the movie dump. Okay, just gotta. Yeah, yeah uh, I have some salsa water, uh, because I'm basically a teetotaler. That's but valid. But I'm, I'm gonna get stoned, and, uh, Malachi's our designated driver. I'm not a drink, I'm just not gonna drink a lot. Okay. I mean, that's Let's... your right as a designated driver. You know what? Let's pretend this, this is a machete, when it's really a fire poker, okay? <laughs> machete! Pretend this is a machete when it's really a broom. Here, Malachi, you can use my mic stand as your pretend machete. Well, I got my mic stand, so. Oh, that's valid. <laughs> I, just, I just stepped on my PS3. I should also, not that, walk around. That wasn't even a fire poker. That was two cardboard tubes. Just <laughs> the magic of pod- podcasting. Uh, it's, we, can, we can fix something in post. You know, that, that says a lot I about should, society. Our society, you say. Speaking oh, of society, shit, we're watching Joker. Yeah, we're watching Joker. <laughs> we can we canceled democracy, and we were like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's let's get this ball rolling. So we canceled democracy. We are a uh, oligarchy now. Wait, I thought this was a meritocracy. Uh, sure, Joker is the best film on the uh, on the poll. Uh, old boy, not a chance. The nice guys. Who's ever heard of that? The nice guys finished last. <laughs> oh my god! Green Day and Ryan. Iga, Iga, are uh, going to be happy about this. Well, whoa, we went off the fucking rails already. We went so far off the rails. That's why I stopped talking. <laughs> I made a drink. Mal- Jeffrey, do you want to talk about the drink? Uh, I'll just say what it is, and then we can. It's a variation on the hanky panky. So it's called hanky panky in a society. It, uh, I'm not. Society. Yeah, it's, it's society fucks you. You can also call it the Revin your Harley. Uh, I'd rather not. I I mean, I anti-ship Joker and Harley, too, but, like, there's a joke from the animated series. Yeah. No, I, I get that at the same time. Uh, a bit... Uh, my sister actually was really... How do I say this? My sister... Oh, Harley likes Quinn? Harley, yeah. But not, yeah. like, in a... We've been nerds here for, for long times. Oh, valid. Oh shit! The cops are coming to get me. Oh I, shit. shit! Oh Jesus! Oh, we can like, fix it in post. If we like, no, we, we want to talk about like the comics, like how these relate to comics. Boy, howdy! Do I have a conversation? With them. Oh God! We can get into this later. Uh, yeah, we can get into uh, that later. But uh, right. I'll take a picture of all of the graphic, just the graphic novels I have of the Batman shit that I can afford as a college student. And, uh, 
Seriously, I, 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 I need to go. Oh. Oh. We're about to watch Joker, a movie that uh, Malachi has spoken a lot about on my streams that I've yeah. never seen before, but have consumed a ton of discourse around. So I already have preconceived notions of what this movie is about. Yeah, I've seen this movie once, and uh, I don't like it. I think it's a fine movie. I'm saying this before. I have to watch it a second time. Uh, but, you know, it's just, it exists. It's not terrible. I don't think it should have won an Oscar besides Walking Phoenix's performance. But, like, did he win? Best? Talk, oh, he won did... Best Performance, and I'm not mad about that. He was, uh, yeah. he did a good portrayal. And, all right, I'm not, I'm probably not as mad about getting so many noms as you were. Oh, hey, Jeffrey. Hey, I, I think I outran the place, but... Oh, we were just talking about our, our notions going in. Jeffrey's back from his run-in. You see, Jeffrey is a freedom fighter in the Middle East. I mean, like, I, and... I do like fighting freedom. <laughs> and by a freedom fighter in the Middle East, I mean New Jersey. Uh, sure. Um, Same thing, right? But, like, do people... Yeah, I, I think I, I guess what they're can... gonna get. <laughs> I Sorry. guess we can talk about the Oscar talk later after we've all watched yeah. the movie. Um, I, I, but I, I will say that I'm probably not as upset about it because, like, I like seeing comic book movies get nominated for Oscars. You know, because I I, I prosume, I give me the consume, then I'll make content about you, okay? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> but also, I I don't think that joker was the movie for i'm way i think that infinity war slash endgame were probably more of achievements in cinema even if they're not better movies you know so hot take i think logan should have been the comic book movie that everyone got oscar noms for because that movie's like actually i haven't seen it but i don't disagree based on the things that i know wait did you just Uh, say that was a hot take uh i i i I think it might I, be a hot take depending on how many people um, fucking fanboy over Joker. Maybe it's not a hot take and I'm just spinning hot I, truth. But like. I will I will uh, defend that it's a slightly hot take because the essential thing that I've been seeing about Logan is that it might be slightly underappreciated, but it got about the acclaim that it deserved is what the consens- consensus seems to be. So I don't think it's, um, a, it's not a great movie i think it's a pretty good movie i rewatched it the other day i was pleasantly surprised on how it held up everything that i've heard about it's a good send-off and i like that its existence made deadpool 2 a little funnier yeah wait is someone watching the film or what's the what's the status no that noise oh can you hear me play minecraft (laughs) yes there's minecraft music in the background can you can you can you lower the volume or we'll have to dispose your body in minecraft yeah Wait, this is a down. podcast. We don't we don't even have to say in Minecraft anymore. Yeah, but I wanted to. Yeah, it was it was funny. Bit. I'm just pointing out that based on the shit that Robin Evans gets away with saying. Okay, so two it's... graves in Minecraft. Um, who's the second grave for? Uh, don't don't worry. We'll, we'll we'll find out when we get to it. Okay. You know, Tanky, I like you. Just 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 help me help me with this uh, help me with this uh this malarkey over here. Oh, okay. Uh, and we'll discuss it afterwards. But in the meantime, Jeffrey, basically, I've never seen it, but I think it's gonna be perfectly okay. And Malachi thinks it's perfectly okay. What do you think about the Joker? I enjoyed it as I, scene to scene as I was watching it, but. As I thought about the film, even in the theater, my enjoyment went down. And there are some particular things that as someone with some uh, the, the head issues from time to time, 
that really got under my skin, uh, particularly. I just don't think Todd Phillips was equipped to make the film, but I am I think surprised that... that Todd Phillips was able to make the film as he did, even considering. Yeah, even still, in... Todd Phillips. I think we're all in agreement that Todd Phillips, because he directed the Hangover trilogy, uh, just as a hack by default. So I the mean, achievement of I making an adequate film directed like some of Borat too. Okay, that's when you say Borat too, you mean the movie Borat, right? Yes. He was Yeah. Okay. His name is not on the movie because he left production after the uh, I think rodeo scene. But to be fair, and to be fair, I liked the first Hangover movie, you know, because it was the first one and at least some of it was fresh, but it was still even when I watched as a 12-year-old, I was like, eh there are some issues here. But uh, speaking of issues, this this intro. Yeah, I'm not going to cut much of this. I, I, I think I'm just going to cut out me saying I don't know how I'm going to handle this. But I'm, I'm going to leave the part in where I say that I'm going to cut it out. Actually, there's no editing in podcasting. What the fuck are we talking about? Well, speaking of I podcasting, totally we should probably get down to that podcasting. Yeah, I have uh, I have my uh, my Blu-ray in. I have the this thing right over the play button y'all want to sync up wait are, are we gonna do that if you if you want do you have it set up or no uh i need to i have it set up to watch it but i need to like actually press play i, I haven't hit play yet i have the i have my finger on the button but i'm not pushing it malachi what's your status on that i oh no i think i might have hit malachi a little too hard with the podcasting oh. No, okay. I, I told you it was a bad idea with the podcasting mic stand, which it, it's kind of funny that we have so many mic stands, but we're all using like our phones. Wait, what if we? What if it's the power of friendship? The power of, of friendship. What if through the power of friendship, next time uh, we record one of these, it's going to sound better. Also, I still haven't made the cocktail, so it would make sense if we. Like, took a break and maybe came back after we watched. Yeah. Do you have the ingredients to make it? I would need to, like, do a lot of things, and I am not... I have none of the ingredients in front of me. Okay. How long is Joker? Two hours, one minute on my end. Okay. Okay. Uh, We'll all just watch the movie, and uh, after you watch the movie, you can grab the ingredient. How much work would that be? Uh, a little bit, but like, as I'm, I can basically set that up now and, you know, yeah, don't be, I just don't know why we're like still recording this. Yeah. It's just, I, where's Malachi? All right. I'll, I'll end this recording. Wait, waiting for oh. Malarkley. What Malachi, is that you? I heard. Malachi, are you alive? I am alive. What okay, the fuck? Good, you survived. Okay, you survived the fucking beating we gave you. That's good. Okay, I was like, "What the fuck? Why am I not heard?" Jesus Christ! Sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> I. <laughs> you see, canonically speaking, we we beat you with a broom, two mic stands, and uh, cardboard that is pretending to be a fireplace poker thing, right? Okay, it's... And you know what? Results are always I'll, better I'll when you explain them. <laughs> Jokes are way better when you explain no, them. No, I said assaults. Assaults. Speaking of which... <laughs> oh, so, uh, you don't want to assault you? Jesus Christ. You don't want to assault you? The joke... Just kidding. <laughs> These products and services won't assault you. Do we... Jeffrey, read the ad. <laughs>
And <laughs> read the ad. Read the ad that already played at the beginning of the episode again. Okay. And now I'm ending the report. I'm ending this session. And there's going to be an ad. And then we're going to be back. Anchor. Seamless. Yeah, it brought to you by Anchor. That's our only current sponsor is in the recording. But if you're listening at a different date, the ad might be different. Please go support us. Please support us at <laughs> our individual Have places. us we'll do a capitalism. Do a capitalism. All us. over your yeah. face. We are going to capitalism. Oh, no. Sweet lady capitalism, sing your song, says Robert Evans at I Write OK, who inspired a lot of the humor that we have for podcasting, I guess. I'm ending this now, though. And we're going to watch okay. the movie. Uh, we're not going to watch it in sync, but we're all going to watch it roughly the same at the same time. Jeffrey's going to get the setup for the whiskey. Not the well, it has whiskey in it, right? Or is it is it vermouth whiskey? Uh, no, there's no whiskey yeah. in this drink. Wow. I might pour myself something alongside that for the podcast, but because we went, we didn't actually hear you, Malachi. Or at least I don't think so. Although that'd be uh, really interesting audio. What were you saying about watching it in? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> right now, I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm gonna drink after watching this movie. Okay. I, I mean, I would suggest drinking while you watch the movie so that you're. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. What, what do you have? Uh, I got. Oh, fuck. What do I have? I have some Enview. I have some Jim Beam. Do you Apple. Have, do you have Dry London Gin? No. I've never had gin. I've heard good things. I don't like uh, Dry London Gin, but I was asking so that you could make the cocktail of the episode and just have one. I got some Jaeger. I got some. I got a lot of vodka. <laughs> uh, just, just take just a little bit of vodka. Do you have any green Jolly Ranchers? Uh, or great Jolly Ranchers. Because okay. if you time to go to my kitchen and see what I have. If you have those, just have a little bit of vodka with uh with green and purple Jolly Ranchers. Oh just get no, two that shots just of sounds vodka. awful. Two shots of have vodka. Cracking rum. Have some hot damn and some Jameson. J- you Jameson? you people don't want me listing off all the alcohol I have. I know we don't. It's uh, for we the best. To, we're still in this recording, and I'm not cutting any of this. <laughs> I, I'm just we're gonna, not cutting any of this because, because you know, this is going to be a really. Like, this episode might be longer than the movie. Yeah. And but, that says a lot about our society. Yeah. And there's no editing in audio, Malachi. Anyway. God. I th- I'm going to have pink lemonade and vodka. Okay. And that says a lot about society. So, uh. That's a lot about me. Feminism. Brought to you by Anchor. More female drug lords. All right. Anything you want to say <laughs> before we go into the ad? More gay drug lords. More. Trans rights. Drug lords. Trans rights. All right, we're done. The dogs are barking. (laughs) We're going to watch the movie. I'm ending this in the next uh, about 10 seconds. Okay. So any last words before we get sponsored by Anchor in five seconds? Um, Trans rights. Trans rights. Trans rights. rights. Intersex rights. Hello and welcome to Cannabis. Cocktails. And And cinema. We're going to leave the flubs in. Guys, okay, so we put a poll Joker. out on Twitter. And then for, we said, uh, fuck you to democracy. <laughs> we put a poll out well, on I mean, Twitter on which movie uh, we wanted to do. And you motherfuckers voted Joker over Old Boy. And you know what? That's a valid opinion because I'm about to go off in a few yeah, uh, Well, to be fair, they at least voted uh, Joker over Old Boy at the time that we decided to do Joker first. 
True. Because we were doing it in order that it was at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it had a pretty commanding lead. That's yeah, true. It was like by like 15 or 20 percent, right? Anyway, um... So, I don't know if I hate this movie more than I did after the first time I watched this. I just know definitively what I hate about it. I think and what my, I like. Oh, sorry. Sorry to speak over you. You know what you hate and what you like. Uh, but I, I hate to uh, I hate to outdo you, but I, I think I have an even more negative opinion of it. I don't have any feelings about this movie at all. <laughs> I, I'm confused about this movie. I don't even care to be confused about it. Like, there are things I can praise the movie for. There are things I don't like about the movie, but I don't even care. I just feel nothing. I mean, then why are you... Well, it was nice having you. Yeah, I just... Bye. Bye. So anyway, uh, what what about the... Who? So, Jeffrey, how do you... Where am I... There's a lot that I really, really, really don't like about this movie. Before we really started recording, I was about to say, in general, my feelings on the movie are there's things that I like about the movie, but at the end of the day, I don't know if the things that I like about the movie are intentional at all. Oh, like the... Uh... Like, down to, like, soundtrack. Like, I don't know if it's intentional or if it's, like, just the obvious kind of, oh, we wanted a song that mentions a carnival. So here's this song by a guy named Jackson C. Frank, whoever the fuck that guy is. Like, to me, like, I think, oh, that guy's really cool. It's amazing that you would use this person's music. I have no idea if it means anything to Todd Phillips or if he's just using it because, well, he did say carnival. Does that make sense? Like, I don't even know if I can give this film the positive things I have to the film. So speaking of that, yeah. let's get some positives of the film before I'd say let's uh, get some positives and then let's go sorry, from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie because uh, I think we'll have more negatives than positives. And I want people right. to not realize we despise this movie outright. All right. So uh, the, the quote unquote love interest, Zazie Beats, wonderful actress. So I'm glad to see her get work. Yeah, I'm glad she got a paycheck. True. Uh, the guy who works at the adoption place or not the, or the Arkham Asylum, whatever, is like, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but he's also on the show she's that I know her from called Atlanta. You know, the show Charles Gambino created. Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah. Paper boy. Paper boy. All about that paper boy. Although the rapping is actually done by Stephen Glover. I, I like Phoenix. that too. Walking Phoenix is fucking fantastic in this movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but that's like saying that like, the sky is blue. <laughs> what, what really depresses uh... me. Is that like recently I watched The Master, which if you haven't watched The Master, fucking go watch The Master. It's on Netflix. Oh, that should be on our list. I was yeah. about to say, maybe that can be episode five. It's directed by Paul Thomas Anderson uh, and it has Joaquin Phoenix in the starring role and also has Philip Seymour Hoffman. Rest in peace, Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's fucking good. And Phoenix's performance is, I think, better in there because I think Paul Thomas Anderson's a better director of actors than uh, Todd Phillips is. But uh, that's my favorite performance. And it, I think it's a tragedy that Joaquin Phoenix didn't win that best actor role, but he won it for Joker, which I think is a not as good film. Great performance, though. It's a great performance. But- Again, water wet, grass green, sky blue, <laughs> Trump bad. <laughs> Orange man. Podcasting there are some interesting shots. Good. Like uh, the train scene where uh, they explain his laughing condition. I think that's a really good scene. The one where uh, where he hands the card to her. Yes. Please hand back. Yes, I Doesn't... like that scene. I also like that scene. Did it ever show her handing it back? Because again... I didn't have any feelings 
so I just kept looking away, and then like I, I like would rewind if I like noticed that I was on a scene that I wanted to see that I had already seen parts of, but then it would turn out that it was just the trailer with slightly different cuts. I well, feel a little ripped off. You know. Also, like I'll. I don't know if this was intentionally funny, but when he drops the gun while performing for the kids, it's kind of funny. Like, uh, I laughed. I don't know I if also, I was supposed to, but I did, and I enjoyed it. Uh, and in terms of other areas in the film, I do think that was more of a comedy yeah, thing. I like the, uh, the diverse cast of kiddos who mug him are led by a Latino kid. I like that. But I also hate it. Can I point out a weird thing that I found out? Like, I found watching the film again. Every single, like, woman of color that's shown prominently in this movie is, like, a nurturing role for Walking Phoenix's character. Or he wants him to be. It's weird. We can get into that later, uh, but it's weird. Because Zazie, Be- Z- Zazie Beats, Zaza Beats, whatever. Uh, I-, I never remember how to exactly pronounce her name, and I apologize because she's a great actor. She's great. Fucking, and then both of these psychiatrists are black women. It just felt yeah. like a weird, like I wouldn't call uh, I wouldn't call Beats's character a, a nurturing. I would put her in the uh, want, not the uh, is is what I was trying to say. Uh, one second, I'm gonna have to drop out because my uh, what's the word for it? The the thing that beeps when you when it's out of out of batteries. Yeah, it's it's been beat. Yeah, I I need to replace the batteries. Or this episode's gonna be amazing oh, uh, content. You know, we knew, Just we, amazing we can drop content. Drop the call for a little bit, uh, and we can talk about some products and services. I love products. I mean, I except this fucking smoke Do you alarm. See any products around you? I see some iPhones around me. A Dell computer, an Acer monitor. A shitty keyboard, I some see, weed, a PS3. I see some all detergent. I see some gorilla wood glue. I mm, see gorilla glue. ibuprofen. <laughs> I see my vitamins, uh, which are called Mega Foods One Daily with iron. I see Arctic Fox hair dye. I see uh, Everyman Jack deodorant, aluminum free cedar wood body. Okay, so we're gonna go to the ad now. Uh, okay. This is probably gonna be sponsored by Anchor. Unless we've gotten wildly successful overnight. Pro- probably. We're back from the ads. Oh, We're back. Hot. I'm staring at novels that this movie kind of used but said it didn't. But we can talk about that later. Sounds so scandalous. Do we, do we say all the things we liked about this movie? Uh, I don't know. I I liked some of the music. The ambiance was good. Anything written for this movie I hated, but the music they used that wasn't written for this movie, I actually really liked. Although there is one giant caveat, I would add. Oh, the end music I didn't like. Not explicitly that, but just I... A, I don't... I can kind of understand why it's being used contextually, but at the same time, it's not the best fit. And also, why use this song in the year of our Lord 2019? The Rock and Roll Part 2 by Gary Glitter. Gary fucking Glitter. Gary. Gary, I'm not. Gary, not even an alleged pedophile fucking Glitter. I was out of home. Gary, grab your kid. Last name. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um... I do. uh, There are some. There's three comedians that appear in the film. Brian Cowan, who I'm not as familiar with, has a really small role. There's Gary Goldman, who is the professor comedian. And then I am forgetting the third comedian's name. 
I think it's Sam Mustiello, something like that, who is the uh, parking the car comedian. And Gary Goleman's actually four, because also Mark Maron. And Gary Goleman and Mark Maron are uh, pretty decent, but that's that's about it for me in terms of positivity. You know, I like the Joker laugh. I think the Joker laugh was solid. Oh, it's not I a Mark Hamill Joker laugh, but like it's good. It's not even a Heath Ledger Joker laugh, but it's good. Shit, I like uh, Joaquin Phoenix's. You know, I I know that like I kind of treat it as like a without saying thing earlier, but I have to say that like uh, I liked his voice. I liked the uh, I liked everything about the performance. Like I liked things about it, but the the boring movie me. Yeah, I I kind of agree. You know, at the end of the movie, there's the part where Walking Phoenix gets hit by the taxi. It was in the trailer. That's a yeah. good stunt. I like that. It's a good stunt. There were bits that made me laugh. Yeah, some of them I don't think were intentional, but um, yeah. Yeah, like the sometimes Joker costume solid. Pretty solid, yeah. If I were to design a Joker costume, it would have looked something like that with like different colors, maybe. Yeah, I probably would have went more Killing Joke with it because. Obvious. Obvious. Yeah. Well, first uh, of all, even for Dark Knight Returns, go the white suit. Not bad either. Yeah. No one should give me the opportunity to make a Joker film because I would probably go full Batman R.I.P. Oh, dude, that's that's such a good graphic novel. I'm not gonna gush about Grant Morrison right now. I, I, I physically cannot stop myself from gushing about Grant Morrison. God, that Joker run, or that Batman run, so good. But uh, do I want to just take it from the top of the movie? And, yeah. Uh, okay, the first thing I have written down is about the psychiatrist and how psychiatrist is really expository and kind of just tells us what's happening. I'm I have true. more stuff later in the movie about it, like specific quotes from her, but I just really hate her character because she has the... So I think part probably the worst dialogue in the whole movie they don't care about you arthur they don't care about people like me yeah i had that written down i didn't like the score at that point uh when they're talking in that first instance and they cut away to him banging his head on the wall i actually like that i think they could have done that i think they i i have ways that they could have like changed that but overall i i did actually like that cutaway i'm just like i don't know why i was there like it worked it got that it worked how it was intended I didn't like the scene overall, but I did like that. As I said before, I liked the part on the train where he's coming back and he's messing with that kid, and then he explains his laughing condition for the first time. I like that scene a lot. Yeah. I hate uh... Thomas Wayne shit in this movie. <laughs> Alright, so you know how bad Thomas Wayne is? I sent a message about this. My dog, Bijou, she barked like a fucking, she barked up a fucking storm whenever Thomas Wayne was on screen. She did not like him. Yeah, so we have Thomas Wayne introduced here uh, we can get further into that, I think, when it becomes more plot relevant. Yeah. Um, there's this news report about, like, super rats, and then Franklin Murray talks, or Murray Franklin uh, talks about the super rats at the beginning. Why the fuck do they bring that up? I don't, uh, it's, it's non sequitur. Yeah, um... It's probably to go into the weird news stories of the 1970s and just to put you in that kind of, like, it's a news item, but, like, what the fuck were they thinking when they wrote this? Yeah, they could have gone with something, like, better. No, I meant, like, in, like in the 1970s of just, yeah. like, it's it's a news item being reported. Like, in, uh, in the 70s, you would have news items being reported, but they're just strange things, and the inclusion of a thing like the super rat just to kind of give that kind of impression. Yeah. It's not done well in the movie because it's Todd Phillips making the movie, and Todd Phillips... Yeah. 
doesn't make good movies. No, he doesn't. They could have done it better, is what I was trying to say. So, also, I kind of accidentally went over this because I didn't write a note about this, I think. Or I skipped over my note about it. But the when he's, like, doing the twirling of the sign outside, and then he gets jumped by some, like, minorities. Or high schoolers. They were all, yeah, they're all POC. The, the ringleader's a Hispanic kid, which I thought was awesome and lame at the same time because it's so stereotypical. But also, I like seeing Hispanic kids get work. I don't know why... I, this gets into a larger point that I'll talk about more towards the end of how I feel about the movie general, uh, overall, but um, they kind of try to sympathize this person who, if we're supposed to believe that this is the Joker that goes on and becomes like Batman's adversary and a multi-million murderer, why are we so sympathetic to this character? I don't know. I'm, I'm not entirely certain if this character would become the joker if that's that's a valid and i'm not even sure like what todd phillips would even like i don't know if todd phillips even thought that out yeah i i feel okay that that's something i want to try to get through the plot and then talk about it but it's hard because the plot because the movie's so bad multiple points that i feel like i have to talk about everything i mean to be fair if you weren't dd you'd probably be drunk and it wouldn't matter what order we did in that very fair. And the reason I brought up the stupid sign shit where they break it is that his boss yells at him for it. And during that point, he's like, why would someone steal a sign? That's fucking stupid. And it's like, yeah, that's what I fucking thought. But it's in the movie. So why did you write that, Todd? Phillips? And then and then the uh, even the, the characters think that's stupid. They lampshade that. Yeah. Uh, fucking. All right. And then he also doesn't just say, hey, I got. Someone took it and broke it. They were trying to mess with me. I don't think they realized that I get punished. But his co-workers know, but his boss doesn't. Huh. And then they give this guy who they know is mentally ill a gun. <laughs> like, who has, like, severe mental issues. And the film says that if you have severe mental issues, that means you're a shitty person. And lie and beat people. Uh, Which is no. all- <laughs> Hello, Doctor Smile, friend. Yeah. Um. So, and during, and he meets the eventual love interest in the movie in the elevator. Big uh, quote unquote love interest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where hypothetical asterisk. All right. So, can I, all right. When we get when we get into the quote unquote twist, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll say something about this that has to do with quartering fans. Oh God. Anyway, um, fuck. Uh, so he meets this person, and this is before he goes and watches the Murray Show and has like a vision of him like at the Murray Show, though, which I actually think kind of works. Like the whole like I thought fantasy. Was, oh, sorry. I, th- I thought it was cute that that was his fantasy. Yeah, I, I I thought that like it fit the character. It kind of let you know what was inside the character's head. I think it worked. I think that it also kind of points to the thing that Jeffrey said though about how I don't think this character would become the Joker. Yeah, so, but also <laughs> counterpoint, it sort of justifies him becoming the Joker because that's how he felt about his mother. But then there's all this betrayal and lies, and that kind of breaks the person. Yeah. Um. It's so so. This co- the color palette of this movie, by the way, that I fucking hate the color palette. Boring. It's really game. It's a lot of crushed, like, it feels like it's a lot of, like, it, it's like, okay, we won't crush the blacks, but that's like, okay, it's just, it's it's still, like, dark and blue. Fucking boring. <laughs> 
Yeah. But they have like these pops of like 70s yellows that show up, which is kind of interesting. But there's this thing where he starts stalking the quote unquote love interest and his jacket's dull as fuck, but it's also yellow. It's like, can he not have like a bright yellow jacket that pops out and he's like standing out in this scene? Like, make it visually interesting for me, fucking wrecker. It, it just, the cinematography movie is fucking boring. Things in this movie that are either like, I don't give a fuck about it and it's boring, I find offensive or just bad, or things that are actually kind of good. Cinematography and the colors is in the boring category for me. Uh, the cinematography is passable. The color palette is an Xbox 360 game, so I hate it. I think that's a valid complaint, right? Yeah, especially with, if it's based off of comics. Like as much as yeah. I don't like, as much as I don't like a movie like Unbreakable by M Night, the movie is has like these bright, vibrant colors and it's very comic book inspired, and I can enjoy that. There's a lot of like purples and greens and like bright yellows and reds and blues, and it's like visually interesting. Unlike this movie, for the most part. Yeah, about that comic book thing. I've seen gritty comic book movies. The color palette of this should not be less colorful than the Dark Knight trilogy. I think Watchmen has a better color palette, and I I think... I also think Watchmen has a better color palette. And I don't, like... The Watchmen movie, like, a lot of people, like, despise it. I think it's okay. It's not good, per se. (sighs) Um, all right. If you like the graphic novel, it's just that, but a little worse, so I'd just rather read the graphic novel. I just hate Zack Snyder. I think it's a lot, in my opinion, I think it it is a lot worse than the graphic novel, but I don't, it's not bad, it's just, it really, it's Zack Zack Snyder'd all over. I I, I don't think I'm as familiar with uh, The Watchmen as either of you are, so... I, I won't comment as much, but I, I definitely don't like Zack Snyder. Yeah, that's fair. I don't like Zack Snyder either. He ruined zombie movies. He ruined Batman. He ruined Superman. He tried to ruin Wonder Woman. Need, need I go on? No. And to get back to it, after his love interest, uh, um, the, he has a first scene where he's actually in a comedy club and he's writing jokes if he's listening to someone. And I like this scene. I actually like a lot of the front-loaded parts of the movie. It's the longer the movie goes on, I start to hate it. Because this scene Makes works. Sense. Like, seeing him be, like, awkward and laughing at the wrong spots where everybody else isn't laughing and him writing jokes along with it to, like, try to emulate that. That's good. I like that. This was the uh, bit with the real-life comedian telling jokes about uh, fucking his wife in role-play situations, right? Yes, it was that yep. I liked that a lot. Yeah, that, that scene was funny. I also was like, uh, I also was like, man, this guy's role-playing is a sicko, but also nice. You know, because I don't kink sham. Also, do you... I find it interesting that all the funny comedy in the movie is, like, extremely raunchy, and some parts very sexist, and you kind of cut out. Yeah. Oh, we're going the... to say ableist. Oh, ableist in the yeah. slightest, not slightest, but uh, to, to put it. I mean, mildly. I was gonna point out the Joker kills a dude for ableism, and I I support that. Not really, but like in my heart, I do. But I don't think it's good praxis. But yeah, you know. Joker's just yeah. a hellscape from which we cannot escape. Oh, trust me. I feel exactly the same way. And speaking of not escaping, can we talk about his love interest a little bit? Because I think this is the scene where, like, I believe right after this, you can, like, him, like, starting to, like, flirt with the love interest, and you can, like, she comes to his door 
and asked if he, like he was stalking her. And at that point, like when I originally watched the movie, I'm like, no one in this movie right. staying. And then when I watched it the second time, I'm like, she's obviously not real. This is a delusion of grandeur. Okay, so now that we're here and now that you've like pointed out the twist, I'm gonna say something. So yeah. like Joker's love interest, uh says a lot about she's a fan society yeah she says a lot about society by my shirt uh but you would call the scenes where they're on dates and stuff you'd call those fantasies even though they're uh hallucinations based on delusions of grandeur based on mental illness yeah like that's still a fantasy sequence uh quartering people quartering fans the quarters uh they told me that i don't know shit because uh, i can't tell the difference between a hallucination and a fantasy and i'm like bitch and, and all right, first of all, in like screenwriting and like fiction language, like writing language, it's a fantasy sequence when you have a hallucination. Can, can we okay. have some context first for all. this? Because no one else is probably uh, going to have context for the. Uh, the quartering was taking issue with people saying that Joker might be an incel, which I I I, I might take. I might not think is perfect but i understand why one would think that you know i don't i i don't think that he's meant to be an incel but i also don't think he's not meant to be an incel if that makes sense i feel like it's kind of appealing to that crowd like uh, i don't think that i don't think that he's meant to be an incel but i do think he's supposed to be like kind of starred for affection someone who's clearly celibate against her will you know but I don't think the word incel entered their mind when they were Are like, they I celibate against their will? I don't know if he wants sex, but he doesn't have, like, he seems to want a partner, but doesn't have one, which sometimes that leads to sex. Who knows if he's ace or not, though? Nah. Different versions of the Joker have different sexual urges. Well, I mean, that's pretty much going to be the case with almost any character. You're going to run into that on some level. <laughs> so, yeah, we see the fake... Also, like, that scene where he go like, I wouldn't say that this version is definitely not asexual, because there's that scene where he busts through the door after killing that dude, and busts in, and, like, mm-hmm. it's implied that they have sex, because he, like, he knocks on her door, she opens yeah. it, and then he, like, puts himself on He fantasizes her. <laughs> about boning her in weird situations. Yeah, the, which, the idea of, like, killing someone, getting him off, that's an interesting concept for a character like the Joker. Like, that's interesting. Yeah. It's not explored, but it's there. <laughs> this movie has no depth. I feel like that's I need a hard drink. Me too. Me fucking too. But I have to be I a feel like... person. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a designated driver. I'll take a bong hit for everybody. Thanks. If I find my lighter. Oh, hey, we still have... We still have, like, 40 minutes, though. Uh, fuck it, we're going to an ad. Uh, but this time, I'm not going to hang up the call. Okay. Uh, let's talk about products and services. Products. Raw. Um, raw dice. Do you know what's a good uh, product? Vape juice. The, the Killing Joke by Alan Moore. Alan Moore's really problematic. And Especially the Killing Joke in... is a little bit cool. Yep. But it's a graphic novel, and I like it. And it's still problematic, but it's good. Uh, the Dark Knight Returns, not as problematic. Kinda, a little, just a little bit, but uh, it's kinda anti-fascist, so I kinda like it. the the Frank Miller, yeah. uh, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, it's anti-fascist, uh, but then uh, even Frank Miller started worshiping the fashy bashy. Yeah, Frank Miller's uh, an odd so. case that we can probably do an episode on that. We'll save in it some, for, like yeah. maybe RoboCop we'll, in some manner. We'll, we'll save it for a for an adaption of like. 
the Dark Knight Returns or something that he's made like a comic adaptation. But, uh, oh, but you know, we could do, a, we could talk about Sin City and then talk about different things Frank Miller wrote. That'd be good. I fucking love it. All right, we'll, we'll talk about this after products and services, and we'll come back to me hitting the bomb. Don't you just love products? And I, services? I love them. And we're back. Wait. We're back. I'm, I'm getting secondhand high up in this virtual podcast studio where Hell none yeah. of the hosts are in the same location. Other problems. None of us are in the same time zone. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons Player's Handbook, uh, Batman Hush. These are the books on the shelf behind. I, uh, the Dice Malachi. Surrounded by whiskey. Uh, these vitamins my mom got me. This podcast right, is called, hey, that's near me right now. <laughs> so after we see a flirtation with the love interest, uh, we have him do the thing where he drops the gun while doing, if you're happy, if you know it, to a bunch of children. He drops the gun and then he gets fired. And this is the, this is the second time in the movie we see him bash his head on something. There's like four different times it happens in the movie. It's a weird thing that happens. I didn't watch those parts. It made me uncomfortable. I felt like I needed a trigger warning. Uh, I'm laughing when I say that because of the like memes about it, but I'm being serious. Yeah, I I, I, I can see that, them. especially as someone who has done that thing as well. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The mental breakdowns are fun. Anyways, the smoke weed to not have mental breakdowns, y'all. So, yeah, this this film is. Really uncomfortable in like some places, but not in the good way. The, yeah, the places where it's, the places where it gets something that could be accurate down, it's like, oh yeah, that's uncomfortable and vis- like that's possible. Like e- like even to to me, even the beginning with the first mer- glimpse of the Murray Franklin show was very uncomfortable as someone who has had issues with things similar to delusions. Of just like, oh no, this can get very bad. This is not like, even though it's like, it's like, oh, it's kind of endearing. The second you start to think, oh no, what? Here's what's happening. It becomes, oh no, this is going to get so much worse, a- and it does. Even as, yeah, even as someone who's just had quote unquote just had like manic episodes before, I find that very disturbing. Although I did find like the scene where he's having the fantasy of being unruly, I found it cute that that was his fantasy, but I didn't like watching his fantasy. You know, just because I know how ill he is. Yeah. So like, for instance, a movie where it's it's like a triggering, but like the but the imagery has a point to it, and it goes into like deeper themes about the movie and what the movie's about and what it says about society. Clockwork Orange. That like shows very graphically all si- all types of violence, especially sexual violence. But that's kind yeah. of the point of the movie is to show how fucked up like Western culture is about perpetuating like this like thing of violence and sexual violence in media. That's the point. All right, we're, we're gonna have words when we do a Clockwork Orange. Put that on the fucking schedule. Uh, I haven't watched the Clockwork Orange, but I watched a video about the movie versus the book. So I have some thoughts on the movie versus the book. And we can get into those at the appropriate time. God damn it! Wait, I, just for reference, have you read the book? I haven't read the book, but I, I it was on uh, authorial intended themes from the books versus the themes in the movie because they are different. Oh no, I do know that, and I am aware of the thing. It's just always odd to have the I am going to defend this 
this thing that I, I have not well, no, read. It, I, I know, I haven't read it. I'll read the fucking book when we do the movie, but like, uh, or sometime before on my own time. All right, back to the movie. Well, we get back. Okay, so let me start with this. So we were talking about rapists. Let's talk about the three guys on the subway who are the most stereotypical, evil, bad, like Wall Street <laughs> like American psycho. Um, it was... I hate how they're oh, It's so bad. It's Batman bad. was in this movie a few times. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just hate the fact that, like, he ends up getting beat up again because, like, let's feel sorry for this person who becomes a mass murderer again. Um, so he yeah. gets beat up. That's the second time in the movie out of four, uh, I think. Isn't this the scene where he, like, immediately yeets a bunch of people? Yeah. And by yeets, I mean shoots the fuck out of them. Uh, by the way, I took count of shots during that movie, or during that scene. He shot eight times out of a six-shooter revolver. Yeah, I was about to say, he has a revolver. You're going to say he shot mo- at least seven bullets. At least seven. Yeah, you were... I'm not sure if that's not, supposed like, to be like a it's part delude, part delusion, part fantasy, uh, but it's not in the piece itself. Yeah, there, there's no tell for that one, and that, that could just be Todd Phillips being a fucking. Cat. But it is. How do I say this? There is a scene later in which the person saying, "Hey, I want to make sure we have our story straight," which potentially leads to the notion that maybe that guy did it. But, like, the film handles it so poorly that it, it could just be me reading into it. Yeah. But isn't the, the gun still, like, someone else's gun? So what if it was that gun? So, well, it was and also, that gun. But, like, that character was, like, yeah. way more concerned about making sure their stories were straight than I would have expected. Well, to be fair, uh, the gun was still, still technically belonging to the other dude. Yeah. So I think what that scene was meant to suggest is that this happens towards the end of the film, uh, where where he comes to the apartment. It's I felt like it seemed that like oh they're supposed to be here cheering up Arthur after his mom died, but he's really truly just worried about his own ass and just another person who fakes caring about Arthur. I thought that's what it meant, but also um, yeah. the ring sound of, like the ears ringing sound effect after he killed these people does not match the fact that he was sexually like excited after killing them. It's such a like a distancing of like, oh my god, I killed these people, but now I'm really horny and want to fuck because of it. <laughs> like, to it's be, such a like mixed idea. Like, there's such fair, issues with this movie. It drives me insane. Right. I'm not defending it. I'm just point, I'm, I'm saying what it could be. It could be that he's dissociating and that's what the sound's supposed to mean. And he could, you can be horny when you dissociate. Like, that's allowed. I find it to be a bad representation of what's happening. That's true. But I, I'm just saying that's what it could be. Like I said, not defending it. Just pointing to what I, it could So be. much of also, this movie is, well, here's what it could be, but isn't because yeah. Todd Phillips is just... Isn't cinema subjective? That's what people say. So... While talking about subjective weird shit, what the fuck was that scene where he's like doing Tai Chi in, his, in the like public restroom? Oh, he's supposed to be dancing. That's dumb. Why the fuck is it happening? Todd, I don't know. I didn't like the dancing. I don't like any of the dancing scenes. They're stupid. I, I don't like. All right. So we're using mildly ableist language, stupid, dumb, whatever. I, I'm trying to stop, but fuck, man. What, what other words am I supposed to use? It's asinine. He looks like a jackass. He's a dingus. Is dingus ableist? I don't know. I'm really trying to stop. It's just, I'm frustrated. I'm trying to I don't quite that. get the, the jackass component. 
but I don't think it's handled well as most of the things in the film aren't. But it is one of the few things in the film where I have some idea of the intention, which is well, I guess I was, I was, well, the jackass thing is that was me trying to avoid saying he looks stupid and insane and crazy and shit. I don't understand it. What's the point? Do you want me to explain Todd Phillips' reasoning? Yes. Okay, as best as I can remember, which is fairly well, but just a, if it's a, well, actually, he meant, but it comes down to the dancing scenes are how the character, Arthur, like, he has no control over his world, and this is him being like, but I can do this tiny thing that will, like, let me express myself in the same vein as the idea of the comedy. It's basically, it's I him mean, trying to have some control okay, over his yeah. world by by dancing. Okay, that makes sense. I, I don't it's like not, it It's just anymore, not handled well, but, then, but it is, yeah. and it's, like, one of the only things that I know about the film that is intentional. I mean... They, they, okay, I'm going to defend Spider-Man 3 and say that Spider-Man 3 did the same thing better, including dancing. <laughs> oh, Sam Raimi, why was that movie made? Anyway, um... Uh, okay, I'm going to defend Spider-Man 3 a lot more when we do Spider-Man Month. Dude, I, I'm down for that shit. Anyway, um... Ooh, Evotion. We can have the motion of the evotion. Yes. But speaking of motion, we gotta get this story going. After he fucks the love interest in his brain, he sees Thomas Wayne again on TV, and Thomas Wayne brings up the fact that, like, what kind of what kind of person would hide a bo- behind a mask and be a vigilante? Ha! Huh. His son becomes Batman. Don't you Some, get it? Sometimes he's Batman. Which is what made me laugh in that scene. Oh, yeah, well, in Flashpoint universe. Yeah, they did bring that Flashpoint. character into the main universe for some reason at one point. Yeah, but it, it's the Flashpoint Batman. No, it, it is the Flashpoint Batman, but, like, it's not... It's spread, like, like Coom all yeah. over Arthur's rug, one would assume. Because mm. I'm so assuming he, he was just we, furiously we, masturbating. Yeah, I was about to say, is that just a Jack Knopf scene? Where they don't show Jack Knopf, they just show part of the fantasy? Like, so then we have another therapist scene, and this is where some of the worst dialogue in the movie is. He says that all I have are negative thoughts because, yeah, that's what you say when you have depression and other problems. Um, Uh, and the therapist says they don't give a shit about people like you to Arthur, and then she says they don't give a shit about people like me either. I mean, and that I think I like that in theory. It's a solidarity, mutual aid thing where it's like, hey, I'm offering you like emotional support even outside of this if you take it, is how some people have taken that. And I like that. I just don't think it's handled well. And also, other than being mentally ill, which is a big deal and is a part of the whole stack of uh, identity and stuff, yeah. Arthur is pretty generic. But they, that, which is both a privilege and not a privilege. And we can get into the nuance there, but it's mostly a privilege. He's like a fucking self insert character in a fan fiction. Yeah. The, he's a men- and his mental illness seems to mostly manifest itself in laughing at inappropriate times, which, again, big deal. Like, unironically, that's a big deal and that sucks. But, like, he's still a cis hat white guy. Yeah. I think the poor. The class part of it makes sense, but yeah, also he's, we we could talk poor. about the fucking nonsense yeah. politics of Joker leader. But that's a huge fucking problem. Also, I just um, want to say hello to all the people that are rage watching this or rage listening. 
Uh, consider Anchor. Consider them. Consider the Anchor app. Pretty yeah. cool. Uh, do you want to cut to an ad again? No, I just wanted back? to say, hey, we're probably like maybe we can even get into that hook of that that angry hate boner. Uh, what the fuck do you mean? Yeah. I'm a cis white man. Fuck you. Uh, all these fucking cis white buy, buy our male, products, man, babies. Buy our products. Uh, buy my shirt to society if you like this movie. And who, whoever has <laughs> a Toyota Camry and or a, a device that has notifications still on uh, on vibrate. Uh, if possible, can can you can you lower it? Because we can't. How yeah. can we properly shell? Sorry, Let's, the, I don't have a Toyota Camry though. That's my ex who has a Toyota Camry. Oh. You offend me. I, I had a Toyota Camry too until it died. Arthur Fleck shot it. I'm the, oh fuck, man! All right. The second stand-up. I had a little bit secondhand embarrassment when Arthur went up. I think that thing kind of worked about him doing it. Something I'm not fucking understanding is why are there porn, like, cutouts of, like, porn magazines in his notes? I don't get it. I think it's supposed to imply he's some kind of pervert, deviant, sex pest. But he's also supposed to be, like, this loving person. Like, this movie's fucking confused. Anyway, um... He th- to be fair, he is the kind of motherfucker who thinks that if, uh... If, uh, fucking... I have a gun is perceived as a joke that it's a good pickup line. And he thinks that would work. Yeah. Also, I do like at the end of that scene how like he like has this like kind of delusion where like everyone's like cheering him on at the end as he continues to do his stand up. Like I like that. I like yeah. that delusional aspect. Like that works into like getting the psychology of the character because you know that's not actually happening. Weird question. Why is the footage in the footage shot better than the uh, movie? I don't. I don't know. Um, I I, don't know. I, I think on some <laughs> level it's supposed to be that Arthur lives in a gray world, and after he like emerges with that the manifest more of the manifestation of the Joker, that that's when the colors start to come into effect. But like, it doesn't excuse having a visually boring movie. Yeah, and I wasn't just talking about the color palette when I said that. Uh, I think that the angles and like the lighting and stuff, because you can have that color palette with better lighting. But to be, I think that the lighting makes sense because it's Gotham, but also that's what we make fun of Batman movies for is having bad light. But wait, even though it makes more sense than Batman, it has all this black gothic shit. But, like, the actual characters, they stand out. They pop and on the screen. I, I like that quadrology of films uh, visually. Even the uh, Joel Schumacher ones. Visually, they're kind of... Because it, it's, like, this neon gothic style. Because it's, like, more... It's more neon in the later films. But they both... They walk this line. Thought, we can suck uh, Tim Burton's dick in a Batman costume later, though. No. Something else I don't understand. Why are people like, yeah, this person who killed three random young people, good. Like, it's just this anti-rich sentiment. I don't understand the politics of this movie. It's just anti-people who are rich. It's like, yeah, I'm anti-billionaire. I want to abolish billionaires, but I'm not anti-rich because they have more money than me. I don't think Todd Phillips does either. I, I, I get it. Like, I, I just don't think there'd be enough people to jump on board to that revolution like that, though. It makes no sense. Like, what would make sense is, for instance, this two-type situation where, like, these were, like, three convict, like, people who got off of, like, like, raping, like, multiple women, and then, like, the Joker stopped them. That would make sense. Or it's, like, 
Arthur was like, purposefully like making like this movement and growing it himself, or someone was just being a figurehead and growing it instead of just like it makes no sense to me of how this starts. It's yeah. People talking about the politics of the movie like it's really important. It's a message about like this time and this place is fucking stupid because the movie says nothing. Yeah, I, I think that you can read into it in places, but I, I don't think that either side is right when they walk away saying this is a definitive explanation for what's going on in Joker. It's, it's not- I don't think that there's any definitiveness because it's nothing. It's a nothing movie. It deserved one Oscar nomination. Uh, well, okay, I can think of a few Oscar nominations that it, it deserved, like maybe some supporting actor stuff. You know, I think the costume design is pretty solid. Yeah, some some technical awards and like costume co- costume design. The editing wasn't too bad, but it was boring too. So another fucking stupid thing that happens. And so we have he comes back and his mom wants to send another letter to Thomas Wayne because she's been wanting to send stuff to Thomas Wayne the entire movie. And we find out why, because she thinks that she fucked Thomas Wayne and Arthur is the son of Thomas Wayne. Now, there's so much shit about that. But during this scene, we have music that's coming from the TV that we as audiences are as the audience is, tr- is like seeing also in the that's happening in the film universe, but is serving like a narrative purpose and is like creating tension and like shit in the movie. Todd Phillips is just trying to be Scorsese, but he's fucking bad and doesn't understand why Scorsese's good. Uh, yeah, this Can is we... a ripoff of a uh, couple Scorsese films. We should probably get back to the summary because we're still not done. Next time, we're just gonna fucking read a Wikipedia. I mean, it is, it is 2020, and like we don't need to. Like, I don't think we're going to, like, who would really want to watch people summarize the Joker? That's true. To be, it, to be fair, this free-form discussion where we're trying to go through the story chronologically and then being like, fuck it, I'm going to talk about something else. You know? Because anything is like more it. interesting than this fucking movie. So, the Thomas Wayne shit I just hate. Let's talk about that for, like, ten minutes. I hate the Thomas Wayne stuff in this fucking movie. It's so bad. So, fucking Thomas right. Wayne shit is stupid, and I hate it. It it doesn't make it doesn't work. It seems like a fanfic I would have wrote in middle school, about, like that would be a comic. Like it doesn't make sense. And also, they never bring up the name of Martha Wayne, which is weird. And I also think they didn't do it because of how many people made fun of that scene in Batman versus no, Superman, no. where he's like, "Bro, you know that name." <laughs> they did it you can't convince me otherwise all right malachi i I hate to i mean i'm gonna let you finish after these products and services and we're back those are some great products and services weren't they yeah but we have some time but yeah this movie this movie so thomas wayne oh yeah i got some ducks shit uh So, um, so the whole thing where he meets Bruce Wayne is really comfortable. I find it, it just doesn't work on any level. It's laughably like uncomfortable scene of an unrelated man sticking his fingers in the mouth of a child. It doesn't work at all. It's just, it would have worked a little better if they were actually brothers. I don't, uh, like, only in that it would make me less uncomfortable. It's just weird and. I find to be poorly written. Probably bad. Why does this exist? 
Um, so, talking more like uh, technical aspects, like the framing of this movie is bad. Like, it's just a lot of it's like shot, reverse yeah. shot. You know, one person talking, reverse it to the other person talking. Uh, then let's get a like meme the... shot of the person talking. Let's get a meme shot of the other person talking. It's ugh. I didn't like the angles. Yeah. Why does he get in the fridge? Uh, to signify that this is all in his head. That's what some people actually think. I think that's a I... cop out for them not liking the end of the movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that was a, uh, 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 what's the word, an improv. But okay, even that... still, I don't quite. It sense, might just like... be, hey, it looked interesting. What? Why? But why did you do it? I don't know. It looked interesting. So something I caught, something very interesting. I'm trying to run through all of my notes so I get all my sh- fucking stuff out there, all of the thoughts that I wrote down. So after he gets the records of his mom, that which is like bashing of the head number three of the uh movie by the way i hate how they did that scene because what they could have done instead of him grabbing a person did it like that's not that's like of desperation that's not a joker move to me like a joker move is to like just initially scare the fuck out of people so like just changing the scene just a little bit i think would have made it more interesting and giving more like depth of the character so essentially like him doing that first having the guy get a reaction of the guy dropping it and then him take it and run is much more interesting than like him having to do it out of desperation after not being able to grab it from the guy. I feel like it fits more in line with the Joker character to do that as well. Maybe I'm just being like, maybe I'm wrong, but I find that to be more interesting. No, I mean, you're just a fanboy. There's one scene where I do think it is more of it's that is could if you squint be like, oh yeah, that's kind of a Joker thing. But even that isn't an intentional action, or it's not something that Arthur intentionally does. It's just a byproduct of what happened. Byproducts? Yes, byproducts. But the, um, when I kind of reveling in the destruction at the end of the movie, that is kind of a joker, but everything that led up to that is more of like a desperation, desperation, desperate. Like it's unintentional kind of consequences. Consequences. It's not a character really making choices in the way that you would expect the character a, of the Joker to make. It's a civil war thing because you know how in the uh, civil war movie the villain's plan works basically just on doing whatever happens via the consequences of other actions. Well, I mean, so just going with it. Plan, this character. Arthur has no plan. Yeah, that character has a loose plan, though. That's. A... I mean, like, that's more so the case in like uh, Dark Knight, where it's more yeah. of a looser plan, but it is something of a plan. Yeah, and that's to me that's not Joker. Joker to me is this person who symbolizes chaos, but is actually a fairly well organized person mm-hmm. who has these in depth plans. Like that's all the Killing Joke is. And that's what the Dark Knight Returns is. All of the great Batman stories with Joker all deal with him doing these elaborate plans that no one who is sane would recognize that that's what's going to be happening outside of you actually reading and seeing what the Joker is doing. And that's why the character works, but it doesn't work here. And, uh, like, the thing that I was... (sighs) the things that really annoyed me is when they uh go into when he gets the records of his mom and he's looking through the file there they show this thing on screen where they show like the tasks 
like the text of what's being was in the file and in the file they said and i quote extremely bizarre behavior that which i don't think a psychiatrist would ever write in a patient's file maybe like because that's not how psychiatrists usually talk about their patients granted it was the uh potentially 1950s when this happened so yeah. psychiatry was was shit and also considering the fact that this is todd fucking phillips yeah I feel like we're going to be saying Todd Phillips a lot in this uh, episode. Like, if you take a <laughs> shot after every Todd Phillips, you'll fucking die. Uh, yeah, don't do that. At Martha. one point, I left the movie running so I could make myself some food. I just thought I'd put that down there. Um, okay, so when he kills his mom, um, the heart <laughs> stopped making sound? That's not how heart monitors work. They, they make the long beep after someone dies. Not not silence. <laughs> like, what? I've, how do I say it? I feel like there's a lot, and I don't even know if this is the case, but a lot of the film is fantasy. Like, I'm not even 100% certain any time that Zazie, uh, the, the quote-unquote love interest, yeah, well, yeah, beat. But any time that character ever actually says anything to Arthur outside of maybe the first interaction and then the, the last one, I have no idea. I still cannot tell if any of that actually is happening or if it's just in in Arthur's head. It's in his head. There's no way it's real. Mm -hmm. I think him being in and the then, story, he realize it's fake. I think the movie explains it too hard for him to be like. Because that's another thing. The film treats us like we're like stupid. Like we're we're children who don't know how fucking anything works, like story narrative wise. And so when she, so they have to like do flashback to her not really being there. It's like we get what you just said, movie. You don't have to show it. You literally just fucking said. I'm I not. Mean... I'm not a child who doesn't understand what's happening like what the fuck yeah. just just let the movie play you don't have to explain literally everything to us and that's the fucking thing almost everything else in the movie i would like to have more explanation but they just they explain this way too much it's oh. so but just going going off of that i'm not sure if the so a I don't know if like arthur had originally tried to eat his mother in the first place and then when he does yeet his mom, if part of that is going into more of like fantasy, his head delusion territory. And that's yeah. why the sounds are off. But as is with everything in the film, I cannot be certain because it's Todd Phillips making the fucking movie. Mm -hmm. So the scene where he's on the couch and he's like doing the Murray show, I couldn't believe for a second he was actually going to shoot himself when he went on Murray's show. Uh, I didn't believe it for a second he was actually going to do that because I've like I know what King of Comedy is and I've seen Taxi Driver. <laughs> yeah. Um, and those are the two Scorsese films that were and that they do take from. And just as another note, I believe at one point Scorsese was listed as I don't think it was producer, but at least executive <laughs> producer. Then yeah, I think he was producer. Step back from it. I uh, hate. He just hated. Would you want to executively produce this movie? No, Todd Phillips' head's too far up his ass and thinks he's too good of a filmmaker for me to, like, say, hey, maybe you should think more clearly about what the art is doing. <laughs> so, to fast forward to more of the end of the movie, I mean, we're kind of already there. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about the apartment scene with the uh, two friends of his that worked there and the little person? Uh... 
I I actually kind of like that scene, except the dialogue. The dialogue would be terrible, but like what actually happened in the scene wasn't bad. Yeah, the actor that gets yeeted in that scene, I think it's, I'm the character's name is Randall. I'm, I always forget the actor's name. That that guy is very good at playing swarmy characters that get killed for being just the worst. Yeah, and. It's very uncomfortable that that character in this movie, I would say, and that that, that guy just does, does a great job. He's very unlikable. Yeah. So I, I think that was pretty okay. Um, I forgot that scene entirely. I I actually like that scene a lot. Like the idea of like he would be like, okay, now you can go, and then like the guy not being able to unlock it, and he and Joker has to like actually go over there and unlock it for the person to go free and like the tension and like just the jovialness of the character that's a joker moment that's one of the moments yeah. where you know that does justice to the character i like it yeah and just when he does kill that guy it's just such a having forgotten the scene like a jarring like oh uh, and the visuals of just the blood in the scene are just It's not. The it greatest. is one of the better scenes, but it's one of the better scenes. But it's not a great like memor- memorialize this movie because the scene's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, um, so let's talk about the interview because I think that's one of the more. I hate this scene. I hate the oh, interview. Oh no! I love yeah, James Franco. That the, that the interview scene is really I do not I viscerally do not like the that scene and watching it in the theaters that was the scene where I really started to go I do not I don't think I like this movie I don't think I like this movie at all the character in that scene is so different from the character in the rest of yep like because and he was this person who was starting to get aggressive but also like. He was getting aggressive but also like jovial and stopped caring about everything. He was kind of becoming a South Park fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I so- kid you not. He literally turns himself into a pickle. That's a Rick and Morty fan, sir. Oh, there's no overlap? I mean, there's tons of overlap. <laughs> okay, I so eat, Kenny, like Kenny is this character named Kenny who uh-huh. dies in, in every, every episode. And they bring him back. Well, not every and, episode. And, and There's a string of episodes where he stays dead. And most most of the time when he dies, they say, oh my god, they killed Kenny! You bastard! You bastard! And they do that, like, almost every time. It's the best. It's the best running gag. It'll never get old. Um, so... I just... I... Uh... The thing that he says right before he shoots Robert De Niro's character at the face is, I... like, really bugged me. What, oh, what I wrote before, I uh, while the whole thing was happening, my notes for the entire interview segment were that I hate it and then hate everything after it, but the only thing like in detail about it, I said the river? Because like, okay, dude, I understand. Lives! But like... But that's life! Like, so this was where we get into the comic book comparisons. I think greater because if we're going to say that this is comparable to like let's say the killing joke how tragic the joker is in that 
where you start to feel sympathy for the character, but at the same time, you still feel like he's a piece of shit the entire time. You just have, you have like this confliction. In this movie, they're just like, feel bad for the main character because he's the main character, baby. And I hate it. And with, I'll say this, with the killing joke, there are things, there are of course things of the, the, the delusion, the fantasy, uh, but there, the thing that stands out to me is this one scene involving uh, the Joker's wife in that story in, the fla- in a flashback where just out of the blue, the character looks almost directly into camera and says, and he's great in the sack. There's this moment in The Killing Joke where the character, the, the character of the Joker's wife in that story or girlfriend, I'm forgetting how it is. It's wife. She's cut like just randomly. <laughs> turns and what you've never heard of pregnancy outside of marriage i mean well no it's his pregnant wife i'm i'm ball busting i haven't i have not read in the comic in a while that's why i was um but the thing that stands out to me is just in the middle of a conversation the wife character just looks kind of off almost like in like a direct to camera look in in terms of comic um the comic representation of that and goes and he's great in the sack of just like Joker really can do sex. And so I'm not sure if like it is an intent, like if that that kind of stuff in the movie of that kind of delusions that this like specifically sex delusions are from that because it's so underdeveloped, but I think it makes it worse that there is a potential connection with this much better story in that kind of way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there are ways to make the killing joke, I think, a better story. Like, for instance, the. Uh, Don't okay, I'm not going to get into the killing joke. I, I, it's too long for me to actually talk about one of my favorite things I read and it influenced me as a writer. Um, but one of the things about this is that, like, it's really tragic. Like, his life is, like, bad, but he's a positive person. He's. He's trying to be a stand-up comic. He just got fired from a job, but he's like trying to be a stand-up comic. He's not really that funny, but he has a loving wife. And he's in this really shitty part of town, and you feel for the character. And what happens is that he goes to like this criminal gang, and he's going to act as the Red Hood. And so, while he's talking about one of these, or uh, like, he has this initial meeting, and because he wants to be able to support his family, and so. When he goes to the second meeting, two cops come in and they inform him that his wife died. Uh, I think she was like shocked on a uh, on like a baby baby bottle warmer, uh, like she was electrocuted, and both her and the baby died. And then he has to go through with this criminal organization in the same day, uh, and he has to wear the red hood, and that's when the Batman throws him into the vat of acid and he comes out on the other side destroyed and everything that he was was ripped from him and that's the moment he becomes the Joker. That's beautiful and is like an actual like tragedy of the character but we have the juxtaposition of that is that we see him do terrible stuff to Barbara Gordon and uh uh fucking Commissioner Gordon Commissioner Gordon 
All uh-huh. the Gordons. You know, I, I, I'm liking what I'm hearing. Is there any way that we could add an awkward sex scene between Batman and a, an, and a minor, potentially? Oh, of course. Oh, God damn it. I, but she's not a minor. She's 18. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. Let's just have it be Ebophilia. Yeah. So, the thing I hate is that it was added in that movie, but Mark Hamill's performance as the killing joke Joker is genuinely one of the best performances of Joker, period. Like, it's so good. And he- hearing him say that wonderful dialogue, and, like, there are other problems in the movie, I know, but, like, Mark Hamill's performance is so fucking good. It's tragic that that movie kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of this movie. movie. You know, it's like this movie. There's a good Joker performance, but the writing is fucking terrible. Actually, the dialogue for the actual parts that they took from The Killing Joke is really fucking good, but, like... The dialogue in this movie fucking sucks. And back to my notes, because I have a bunch of them. Um, something I did like, something I haven't brought up yet, when after he's done uh, doing the killing and they go to the technical difficulties and you see that like slow pan out and you see all the different news segments covering it as the chaos is happening, kind of like that. I think it worked. It reminded me of the film The Man Who Fell to Earth. Have not seen it. It is a science fiction movie from 1976, starring David Bowie as a Martian. Oh, that sounds interesting. It is legitimately uh, interest. It is a very good. I really like it as a sci-fi movie. But he develops Bowie's character develops an like an obsession with televisions. So, why do the Waynes always have to die? Because uh, it, it is a blood sacrifice, they're and bad they, people. And they took out Joe Chill. They took out the the parts about what makes Batman's parents' death memorable and good. Because so, like for all of those random. who don't know, in the comics, Batman's parents die due to um, a criminal known uh, known by Joe Chill, and there are multiple comics that. Or Joe Chill as a person. Um, there's at one point in the Silver Age comics where Batman gets the gun that killed his parents and almost murders Joe Chill with it. There's it's also really uh, at one point. Uh, so, are you familiar with Batman Year One? I've heard of yeah. it. So, for some reason, after Batman Year One, uh, not Frank Miller, not the artist of Batman Year One, who I'm forgetting the name of. Uh, like they they just pulled in two new teams and then did a Batman Year Two and a Batman Year Three, and Batman Year Two is involves a uh, villain that is I believe it turns out to be Joe Joe Chill, but it is a story that really deals with Joe Chill as well in the eighties. Yeah, and Interesting. so if you can find it, look it up. Nothing you got him. So and there's like an actual like. It doesn't represent like this evil villain. Joe Chill and his parents' death embody the random darkness and crime that looms over Gotham. It doesn't uh, influence. It's not these super villains. It's not like a Bane or a Mister Freeze or a Riddler or a Two Face or a Joker or a Poison Ivy. It's none of these. It's just some random criminal who saw two rich people and wanted more money. And the entire character of Batman is built to try to stop this normalcy of crime that's happening at Gotham. It's not to, he's not like supposed to like specifically go against 
uh, like a Joker. That's not the influence that's happening. Like essentially Joker is the reason why it's not Gotham being a corrupt entity. Joker starting an anarchist vaguely <laughs> revolution in Gotham is what ended up killing the game. Yeah. But I'm not sure how much sorry. Oh, you're fine. Go ahead. I'm not sure how much longer we have. I just wanted to say one thing. Uh, yes. Knowing what Todd Phillips has said, it wouldn't surprise me if the uh, that uprising, anarchist, whatever, hullabaloo at the end is how Todd Phillips sees, you know, the uh, the internet kind of like even things from like me to to the internet um, in in kind of. In laughable terms, I'm struggling not to say with, with while not laughing. The woke brigade. Well, that's, <laughs> that's how Todd. That's hey. kind of how I think Todd Phillips sees that. Like it's the the Occupy Wall Street kind of thing of just like no, it's actually anarchy. And so, anarchy like I might good. agree with them, but like on one hand you have people with good ideas who I do not understand, and on the other hand you have fascists. So, like, you can read into that Randall character as being slightly fascist. So, I feel like that this movie is the the enlightened centrist movie. Yeah. Um, Oh, God. But, so, I think I, like, after shitting on this This is the Joe Biden of movies. I want to give some people, like, people some alternatives. And I wrote down some movies that I think do things in Joker better, and comics, um, that do things better in, uh, that Joker tried to do. So, if you want to see a good version of the interview scene with Joker, uh, either read the graphic novel of The Dark Knight Returns, or there's an animated movie adaption that's quite long of The Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> it's very good. So, that's something, like, if you wanted a like a better version of the interview scene, go watch that. Um, if you want a more tragic Joker where you still get the Joker feel, Read or yeah, yeah, just read the Killing Joke. Um, Don't watch some... the Bruce Tim piece of shit movie. Hey Jeffrey, you alive? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I um, just needed to leave because I d- I thought those were good recommendations. <clears throat> yeah, you had coronavirus too. Uh, so yeah, watch or fuck, read the Killing Joke. If you want to watch an anarchist revolution against like fascism, watch. Or read V for Vendetta. Uh, Hugo Weaving does a really good job at portraying V, I think. I really enjoy that movie, written by Alan Moore again. I think that has the good type of anarchist. And if you want that anti, like, like a good anti-rich, anti-like authoritative government thing, watch that. And if you uh, want to see a protagonist who's a piece of shit, but it's handled really well, go watch American Psycho. Because I feel like this movie is American Psycho, but bad. I mean, like... Because, like, you have this shitty protagonist who does shitty things, and we're supposed to, like... We initially, like, end up caring for this character, but by the end of the movie, we're like, he's delusional, he doesn't know what's real or fake, I don't know what's real or fake, did he actually do this, or did he not do this stuff? American Psycho handles, like, the actual... What the Joker is going through better than the movie Joker, which I find sad and also sad. with that said i think the author of american psycho is a bit of a piece of shit i don't know anything about the book i've seen the movie also that's another case where the author does not like that like they hate every 
pretty much every adaptation of their works. Yeah. But like um, I feel like what? Are they a fascist? I don't. I actually don't know. I think they might be a little turfy, but I don't. Do not quote me on anything. I just they're an unpleasant person, and uh, yeah. But what I was gonna say is, there's the obvious suggestions of watch the King of Comedy and to a lesser extent Taxi Driver instead of this. Yeah, yeah. that's awful. But um, you know, I did make a cocktail for this, so. Hanky panky society. Hanky panky in a society. Hell yeah. Um, we so live we can, in one of those. You yeah, know. we do. And you know what also is in a society? Uh, Discordant Tales. Uh, yes, but also this little audio thing I recorded. The uh, the cocktail recording? Yeah. Ah, oh, dude, we should cut to that after this products and services. Products. On today's episode, our first episode, I made a little spin on the hanky-panky. And to do that, I took one and a half ounce of London dry gin. I used boodles. One ounce of sweet vermouth and half an ounce of fernet branca. I stirred it in a glass with ice, strained it into another chilled glass, and then I drank it. Of course, garnishing it with a mandarin orange. It was okay. And uh, I call it Hanky Panky in a Society. And uh, yeah, I guess we can talk a little bit about why I did that right now. But back to the show, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so the, we're back. And I just wanted to say that the idea of the cocktail is a normal Hanky Panky is just is in the ones that I've seen. Uh, one and a half ounces of uh, London dry gin. Really any gin could do. Uh, one, and ounce, one and a half ounces of sweet vermouth, a uh, few dashes or just a small amount of Fernet Branca, and then an orange slice. What I did was I didn't have an orange, so I used a mandarin orange, but that's unimportant. And I did the normal amount, the standard amount of gin, one and a half ounces, but I instead took one ounce of sweet vermouth, lowered the sweetness, and then moved it up to a full half ounce of Fernet Branca. Now it's a kind of move where it's like, wow, these are these are changes. But it leads to a very milding drink that doesn't really say much and doesn't really have much going for it, uh, except for all of the things that you can read into it. I wonder what this has to do with the film. Society. <laughs> so, um... Are we done? Or do I think we have, we're done. We have, we have about uh, five seconds before I end this, okay? Because there's trans something rights. I, Trans rights, MB rights, intersex rights, ace rights, arrow rights. Uh, anyways, it's 420. And be back for a old boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so excited that we're going to talk about a really good movie. I'm, I'm excited and also kind of uh, not... Uh, I'm a little anxious about that movie because I know the yeah. things about that movie. <laughs> yeah. It's next, a... next week relative to whenever this goes up. Yeah. Next episode. Old boy. Followed by the nice guys. Followed by zoo zombie movies. Dab on them. But right. we've got to go play D&D like a bunch of nerds. We love of all are. of you. You're valid. Bye. Thanks. See ya. For-
Hey, it's Ronnie, a.k.a. the person who edited this episode. You may have noticed that uh, the editing uh, on this episode got, like, way looser and, like, less thorough as it went along. Yeah, that's because I decided, like, halfway through the editing process that I wasn't going to cut as many uhs, ums, and stammers as I originally intended. Uh, And then I decided not to go back and redo it because that's work and I want to get this out quickly. I'm I I'm sorry that it's if it's jarring but I don't apologize for the decision